Greetings gamers, I'm Bedroth, and you're listening to part one of a very special two-part Thanksgiving episode of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. This episode has been a very long time in the making. It was one of the first ideas I had when I started out on this podcasting journey that I've been taking with Shoot Kapow, and it's going to be a differently structured episode than you might be used to. Instead of focusing on a certain theme, in this episode, we're going to be exploring something of the history of VGM podcasts and most specifically the people who have created them over the years. The VGM podcasting community is very special to me. It has been a place of belonging, camaraderie, support, inspiration, and joy in my life. That may sound strange to people who aren't specifically nostalgic for VGM music or who enjoy it just along with their games, but I've been a lifelong lover of games and music, so after I got my first iPod back in 2013, I just kind of started looking around for different types of shows that I thought I might be interested in. And one of the first ones that I found, I think I just got it by searching video game music in the iTunes podcast library. And the show that I found is one that most of you, I think, will have heard of by now. They are still running, despite a hiatus, and that show is the Legacy Music Hour. You're going to hear a lot about how I took my journey through the different shows and ended up where I am now, a listener of lots of shows and, I think, you know, a compatriot now of a lot of these great podcast hosts that we're going to be celebrating, and also still very much a fellow listener along with a lot of the people whose voices you're going to hear on these two episodes. I've had the distinct pleasure of being joined by not just some of the longest-running and most involved listeners in the VGM podcast community, but also people who I am fond of and consider digital friends now. And out of respect for your time, I've made some decisions on this episode. First, I'm going to cut my rambling down a lot here at the beginning. (laughs) Uh, second, Shukapau is not joining me on this episode, not because he doesn't love video game music as much as I do, or because he doesn't enjoy video game music podcasts, but just because he doesn't have the history that I and a lot of my guest co-hosts on this episode have. Never fear, you will hear his voice, uh, at least on part two of the episode, where he will be joining me to help out with a specific interview. But for the most part, you're going to be hearing conversations between me and my fellow listeners, along with a couple of testimonials from fellow listeners, and a very, very special segment that I can't wait to reveal in tomorrow's episode. But as long as I've been working on this, I didn't actually start putting it together until earlier this fall. 
And it was quite a bit of work, took quite a bit of doing and a lot of networking. But I had a blast just connecting with all these people and really thinking about what this whole community means to me. And it just happened to work out well that I was able to get everything together in time for Thanksgiving. And it was not originally going to be a Thanksgiving episode, but since this is sort of my expression of thankfulness to all these hosts who have brought these great shows into my life, well, it just seemed to fit. Finally, you're going to be hearing a lot of music on these two episodes. Originally, this started out just as one episode, and then I decided to expand it into two, also out of respect for your time, because otherwise this might have been over four hours long. It definitely would have been over three if I'd packed it into one episode. But also, I decided to play a single song for each individual host of these shows instead of just one song per show, which was my original idea. As I got into it, it just, I didn't feel like one song could necessarily capture the whole feeling of a certain show. And so I thought it would just be cool to add more in. And I mean, this show and really this community is all about video game music. So why not pack this full of some of the best video game songs that you will hear? And I know that they are among the best because they were not selected by the podcast hosts we're celebrating, but selected in honor of them. And with the thought that these are songs I know for a fact that they really enjoy or that I really thought they would enjoy based on some of the research I've been doing. One last thing is we're going to be mentioning the name of the song and the name of the game it comes from. And in some cases, the names of the composers but I'm not going to be listing out every single detail of every single song that we play. I wanted to kind of maintain the fluidity of the conversations that I had. And while, as I just said, this whole community is a celebration of video game music, this particular pair of episodes is more a celebration of the hosts to whom these songs are dedicated. I also didn't want to be too clinical and just go through and read like a wiki style history of these shows. Every single show that we're going to be talking about on these two episodes is one that I would strongly recommend for you gamers to go check out. Whether the show is still running or not, whatever style it is, whatever type of music that show may tend to feature, all of these shows are great. They're hosted by people with a passion for the content and who just, in in my own personal experience, are welcoming to their fans and are bringing something to our experience that we wouldn't otherwise have. There will be links in the show notes to places where you can find these podcasts and where you can download them. And I will also include the usual information about each song in the show notes for people who that's really important for. Oh, and finally, I want to mention that this two-part episode, it's really long. There are a lot of different shows here with a lot of different styles If you just want to pick through and listen to the parts about the podcasters you already know and love, it's all about them. So I want you to listen in a way that enhances your appreciation as much as possible. But if you do take the time to listen to the whole thing, to listen to everything that I and my guest co-hosts spent our time to put together for you, you just might discover one of your new favorites. One last note, and then I'll shut up and we'll get to the first interview. This is not meant to be uh, an all-inclusive list of all of the VGM podcasts that are out there. For such a list, or as close to it as anything that exists on the internet, 
you can check out vgmpodcasts.com, which we discuss a couple of times in these episodes. This list is the shows that have meant the most to me. Uh, most of them are very long-running uh, and or still active. Um, I'm not even going to try for an honorable mentions list because then I will definitely be leaving people off unintentionally. And there's something out there for everyone is kind of the main point of this whole episode. So to anyone who is not on here and happens to find your way to the episode, I did not mean any offense in leaving you out. Probably your show is just one that I have uh, have yet to experience and enjoy, and I'm sure that when I hear it, I will love it. But I already said I was going to cut down on my rambling, so I guess now might be a good time to go ahead and cut it off. Let's go ahead and get into our first interview. All right. Well, uh, to start things off on this very special episode, and I don't think he knew he was going to be the first one featured on the episode, but now he does. I have got Chris Steenerson here with me. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) To talk a little bit about our history with uh, VGM Podcasts. What a nice surprise to be first. (laughs) Yep, that's just kind of how it worked out. And your fandom goes back um, a way, way long ways, and I decided to start things off tonight with some of the uh, groundbreakers when it comes to this little sub-sub-sub-genre that we are all big fans of. But yeah, before we get into that, um, how are you doing tonight, Scene? Hey, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Hanging in there, you know, trying to... Trying to stay awake after a long day of doing things. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that, man. Yeah. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about how you got into VGM podcasts? How did you right. find out that this thing exists? Um. So I was I was trying to remember exactly how that all came to be. Uh, once upon a time, uh, there was a device called an iPod. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and actually, my, my wife gave me an iPod for my birthday. I was working a really kind of dull office job at the time and uh, a lot of tedious work. And um, I discovered through that <laughs> through that iPod that podcasts exist and uh, started listening to a bunch of podcasts. And um, I believe I believe I came on to Legacy Music Hour via something on the Nerdist Network because they were on Nerdist. I don't know if they still are, but back back then, I think they were on the Nerdist network, and they might have been... Brent might have been a guest on another show that I was listening to at the time or something, uh, or maybe it was an ad at the end of a podcast, and um, I was like, oh, video game music. Yeah, I like video games. This might be something cool to listen to while I'm, while I'm working. So... Um, you know, I, I started listening to it. Um, it was it was kind of at a weird time in the podcast, I think. Um, it was a little before they went on a long hiatus. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a kind of a hiatus that that uh, triggered some things that were that were interesting in sort of the history of all this. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I started listening to that show. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a weird show to get into at the time. Rob F. Switch, one of the co-hosts on that show, um, might have been going through some stuff at the time because, like, <laughs> he would fall asleep during the episodes a lot. <laughs> like, like Brent, Brent, like they already have kind of an interesting sort of cadence between them. They do. Um, but like at the time, like he was tired, and like there would be like Brent would go off talking about um, 
composers and you know his, you know his favorite nintendo music and and then there would he would stop talking and there would just be like this silence <laughs> <laughs> i remember what you're talking about and it's because rob was falling asleep there, there was just a, a pretty good stretch of time where that happened on yep. on reg <laughs> and uh that was that was kind of uh some funny stuff but yeah and you know that kind of got me into uh listening to this old video game music that i remembered from my childhood you know playing nintendo you know, my intro is really, really similar to that. Uh, Legacy Music Hour was also the first show that I yeah. uh, discovered. I think that I came into it about six months before they went on that hiatus. Yeah. And then when they did, um, I you know went back through the backlog. And at the time, it was the only one I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was easy. Yeah, ditto. And <laughs> there weren't that many out there. <laughs> there really weren't. Um then they went away, and I had to try to find some other stuff to listen to, and mm -hmm. that's how I found some of the other shows that uh, we'll be talking about later. Like you said, when they went on hiatus, that triggered a few things in the history of this whole kind of world that we're talking about. And you know what? It's the beginning of the show. Now might be a good time to tease a little bit of that. What, what, uh, tell us a little of what you mean about how their hiatus sort of caused a ripple effect through the VGM podcast world. So, uh, kind of the, the most direct way that I um, think about it is, um, you know, Josh and Emily of the VGM Jukebox, mm -hmm. uh, before that show was a thing, um, were also big fans of Legacy Music Hour, and they were doing, um, they would, you know, send in their VGM karaoke's and, and things like that, and uh, when that show went on hiatus like they didn't know it was a hiatus it sounded like it they they were just done for a while or indefinitely really at the time um and yeah so um, they weren't sure that, that they were gonna come back exactly and and out of that um it's my understanding that um josh and emily decided to make their own podcast which kind of did a similar i mean it was looking at older video game music mostly and um you know, kind of like it, a passing of the torch kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it spurred that on, and, and I know that it spurred on a few other ones too, like uh, Rhythm and Pixels. I think came out of that. Mm -hmm. um, also, I'm pretty sure they did. Pixel Tunes Radio. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, like at the t at the time, I didn't know about any of those other ones except for uh, VGM Jukebox. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think the Supermarket Bros came out of the hiatus, but I do know that uh. they were inspired originally. Carl talked about it in one of the early episodes. They were inspired by Legacy Music Hour to start their own show. And yeah. they went in kind of a different direction with it, which we'll be talking about here after a few more songs. But mm -hmm. yeah, uh, if, if they were not the first video game podcast, I'm pretty sure. But if uh, LMH had not been a thing, this would not be the thing that it is today. So Right. I, I think you're right there. And I think uh, before we get a little bit more into the VGM Jukebox, because I do want to talk about that, uh, we're going to play. Um, we actually played in with the Legacy Music Hour theme song, the uh, Blaster Master Area 1 music. And Classic. And what I'm doing tonight, I this has kind of been a meticulous, long, ongoing idea of mine that I wasn't ever sure if I was really going to do, but I have been gradually, over time, collecting songs that I knew different hosts, uh, you know, that they would enjoy, and just kind of been making lists on uh, on Google Docs or whatever, and I was just mm -hmm. stuck for Legacy Music Hour, guys, so I kept listening and listening, and I decided to go all the way back to the first um, episode, and I was uh, looking through all their comments and everything. And one of them, I don't know which one it was, probably Brent, because I think he's the one who responds most on the blog, mm. mentioned that 
I don't know if he said it was if it was his favorite or if he just called it, you know, the best, the proverbial best. On the title screen episode, he actually commented that the Rambo title screen, uh, Rambo for the NES, was the best. So <laughs> I figure we could go ahead and start with that one this evening. Uh, this is going to be the title screen from Rambo from 1988, composed by Toru Hasahe and Minki uh, Motoyama for the NES. That was the title screen from Rambo, uh, dedicated to the Legacy Music Hour guys, Brent and Rob, and also Gabe, uh, their sound guy, who has recently mm-hmm. started joining them as a regular co-host. Yeah. Anyone who has listened to the Legacy Music Hour for pretty much any amount of time knows of Rob F. Switch's love for the Sega Genesis. After I recorded with Steen, I made the decision to play one track per host and not just one track per show, and I found this particular track that I knew was one of Rob's many Genesis favorites. From Thunder Force 4, this is The Skyline, Stage 3A. As you mentioned before, the in the wake of the Legacy Music Hour, and before they came back and actually are still ongoing today, out of that came the VGM Jukebox. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little about your history with Emily and Josh and their wonderful, wonderful show? There, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I said, um, that that was kind of in the, the gap uh, <laughs> that, that that came up, and I was trying to find more shows to listen to that that had the video game music stuff going on and um their show i i feel like was kind of a special thing in that like it was really community centric and uh it 
it really was focused on the listeners bringing suggestions and giving testimonials and talking about, you know, their their own nostalgia and, and experience with the music that they were sharing, uh, which was really cool. And and they also brought a lot of kind of fun to it. You know, they were just kind of two very nice personalities. And they really are. They really are. Yeah, really, really friendly people to uh, to listen to. And and uh, they you know they had their little skits and stuff that they would do with the show on their own. Yeah, I love of, their little meta narrative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and that was all really fun stuff. Um, and you know they kind of uh, I think they picked up a lot of the folks who were listening to LMH at the time. So yeah, it was a it was a great show. I agree, and I think that their their listener centered focus, like you said, also helped them grow their audience. Um, it helped kind of spread by word of mouth because people got people started realizing that, hey, these folks are actually listening to me, they're actually playing my songs, they're actually talking. It was, it's, almost, it's almost the closest that BGM Podcasting has really come to being like a classic radio show and establishing a real listener base and that sort of in- interactivity. Mm-hmm. And without Emily and Josh, I'm not sure that the community that has grown up around BGM Podcasting would be as strong as it is. Because so many of us really got to know each other, um, like the Dyad, Utopia Nemo, Wicked Sephiroth, Alex Messenger. So many of us that's you know now all rolled together got to know each other through the VGM jukebox, and that's what I think really is their legacy. And I mean, Emily and Josh have don't, they don't have the show anymore. Emily had uh, she had another VGM podcast for a little while. Um, yeah. Um- Podcast roulette, yeah, yeah. Sound test roulette, yeah. Um, and of course, she's on the VG Embassy with Ed um, infrequently, mm-hmm. and it's always a pleasure to hear her. She is just the sweetest person that I have ever heard on any of these shows. <laughs> which is saying something because this is also the same community where we have Purnell, um, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I haven't heard much from Josh. Uh, he is kind of a man after my own heart. He, I know he was a word nerd, and I actually think he had, <laughs> maybe still has, a podcast about um, language that is kind of a cool thing. But yeah, I mean, you really kind of said it, uh, said it all. It's these were two really fantastic shows that got the whole community rolling and uh, turned it into what it is today. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. In terms of, uh, I know, like Rhythm and Pixels, and also uh, Ed's shows. <laughs> yes, um, and I, I really think that with um, VG Embassy, Ed's Ed's podcast. I think, a, like, really solidly, he's taken kind of the spirit of what was that community part of um, BGM Jukebox, and and kind of like tried to take that and to make his his own his own show is kind of based around that whole idea. It's about the community. It's about the people who listen to the podcasts coming and talking with him um, about the things that they like. So, yeah. um, I think that's super cool too. That that's that's kind of like the thing that's really kept me listening and. Mm-hmm. Talking to folks, and I know Rhythm and Pixels and uh, XBGM also have their uh, their patron live shows they do every month, which is kind of another extension of that sort of community driven thing, and that really is a big deal, even for podcasts that are not really a part of the you know the hub that I kind of see that contains like BGM, Bassy, XBGM, Rhythm and Pixels, Pixelated Audio, these guys that all kind of knew each other. 
I would not have heard of these guys mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for BGM Jukebox. But even outside of that hub, uh, you know, all the shows that other folks listen to, and the only folks that I think cross over are like me and Alex Messenger. <laughs> but um, even it, it, with those shows, mm -hmm. they have their own really tight-knit communities um, that have built up around the shows. And so much of that is, um, you know, why I think this is such a great community to be a part of. And Yeah, for sure. Now, Nook gets to hang out with uh, great guys like... Chris Steenerson, who I think <laughs> actually has his own VGM podcast. I do. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about VGGM and uh, what has been going on with that and when we might expect to uh, hear some more of it again. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot the or anything. Part, <laughs> it's the big question mark. Um, uh, that, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, VGGM, my podcast I do with my friend Matt, Matt Sargent. Um, uh, <laughs> We have a solid two episodes and some follow-up episodes. Um, we're working on a third. Uh, it is a very labor-intensive uh, creation that we make. Um, not only do we listen to video game music, we attempt to take the stuff that we liked about uh, and the music we listen to and create our own compositions out of that, um, inspired by it. Uh, <laughs> Which is such a cool idea. I, I appreciate it. But yes, labor intensive. I can imagine. <laughs> it is. It is very labor intensive. Um, we we have been working on our third episode that we recorded the uh, listening and talking parts to in March, and we've just been working on that piece of music, and it's just been sporadic uh, because of uh, the coronavirus situation, where you know we haven't been able to to get together and kind of hammer out some of the stuff that we would do in person sometimes, um, and it's just kind of you know everybody's been distracted. Uh, but, um, you know, when it finally comes out, it's going to be an awesome episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I do appreciate the folks who have listened. Um, it's kind of hard to, to drag people along, uh, when, when our, you know, our release schedule is like, you know, two times a year or something, but, um, I do, I do appreciate right. it. Well, Hey, that's what podcast subscriptions are for. You know, one of these days I will be super excited to see a new VGJ on pop up in my feed. <laughs> yes. I, so, I appreciate yeah. that. It's going to happen. <laughs> it will. I promise. Um, I just, I got to remember how to play the guitar again. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me this evening. It has been a pleasure talking to you. I'm really glad I could get you on the show with me. Yeah. It's been great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. And we're not quite done yet with the BGM Jukebox. We have one other uh, guest who is going to talk to us a little bit about that. And I will be introducing him here in just a moment. But first, as my dedication to Josh, I could not think of anything much better than the BGM Jukebox's theme song itself. From Front Mission, this is Bar.
and to discuss a couple of his favorite shows. This is Chris Murray, another BGM podcast superfan. He sent in a testimonial about two shows that he loves, and in it he does mention that there is no shortage of shows that he's a fan of. This may be a good place to mention that I did ask, just to make sure everybody was covered, I did ask these um, fans who interviewed with me or sent in their testimonials to help me focus in on a couple of shows. But just like this entire episode is not meant to be an exclusive list from me, um, each interviewer testimonial is not meant to be an exclusive list of the shows that that particular fan loves. You will hear this in some of what we talk about, but I did want to make that really clear. All that said, here's our testimonial from Chris Murray. Hey, Bedroth and Shootkapow, Chris Murray here. I've been a fan of VGM and VGM Podcast for quite some time now, after being introduced to the scene by my longtime friend and former co-host of Pixel Tunes Radio and current co-host of XVGM Radio, Mike Levy. I was excited when you asked me to share a few thoughts on a couple of shows which I particularly enjoyed, although given there are too many excellent shows out there for all of us to properly reflect on, it did come with some amount of reverse FOMO. Just know that I love you all. Alright, now I know I'm not the only one for whom the VGM jukebox struck a chord, and it was special to me in ways that I think are consistent across the majority of their fans. The direct engagement with listeners via the testimonials. Josh and Emily found such a great avenue to share tracks and stories, which truly helped to foster my own sense of community and belonging, and for that, I will be forever grateful. One of my first memories as a listener to the VGM jukebox was a sort of call to action that they put out for their listeners to send in the cutest songs that they could think of. And the song that either inspired this or one of the first songs they played that was inspired by this was Lonely Rolling Star from Katamari Damacy. This was the first time I'd heard it. I have heard it several times since then, and it really is one of my fun VGM favorites. It is a vocal track, maybe the only one that we're playing on these episodes, and I know these are a little bit polarizing, but hopefully you can make an exception for this one. I always think of Keyglyph when I hear this song because of my association with it and the VGM jukebox, and because it's just a fun, bright, happy tune that never fails to put a smile on my face. From Katamari Damacy, this is Lonely Rolling Star.
As I dove deeper and deeper into the VGM podcast scene, another show that I've come to enjoy a lot is Drew Mackey's Singing Mountain, which is thankfully returning from hiatus. I often find Drew covering interesting and creative topics with a different take than many other shows otherwise might. Episode 62 highlighting Electman's journey and how the Electman melody seems to have shown up throughout 80s rock and pop was a particularly awesome example of this. Drew's show caught my attention for both the quality and content of his show, but also his approach and operating model. One host, targeted and shorter episodes, interesting takes on the music without being overly technical in either the gaming or music theory. It goes to show you that the VGM and podcasting community is vast and there's something for everyone. Again, I just want to say I feel fortunate to have found this community and thankful for all the content creators, and please, please keep it up. I haven't had the chance to interact with Drew as much as most of the other hosts whose shows I'm celebrating, but he really seems like a cool guy. He he has great taste in VGM. He really likes to dig in and to- explore topics that I don't hear talked about on a lot of other shows. I also recently heard him guest on another podcast for well, the first time for me. He was on the XVGM radio episode focusing on the music of Chrono Trigger. And on that episode, he mentioned that even though his podcast is named after Singing Mountain, he's never been super fond of that particular song. Instead, one of his favorites is the song we're going to be playing for him from Chrono Trigger. And however you like to pronounce this, they actually talk about this on Drew's guest spot on the XVGM podcast. However you like to pronounce this, from Chrono Trigger, we are playing Scala's Theme.
Our next testimonial comes from Forrest Shamlian. I first encountered Forrest on the Supermarcado Bros Discord and quickly learned that, like pretty much all of the Marcado fans, Forrest is a really cool guy. He and I are also fellow listeners of Volts Supreme's Synth VGM Dreamstream Machine podcast, which has to be heard to really be understood. And maybe not even then. It's a wonderful show, and I'll let Forrest talk to you about it. You can also find Forrest's own work on YouTube by searching Castle Corp. It is a great little sketch show about what would happen if Mario ran out of coins and needed to find a job shilling for, well, the Castle Corp. Check it out. Season 1 in its entirety is up on YouTube, and you will not regret it. And now, here's Forrest's testimonial. Hey, Bedroth. Hey, Shoot Kapow. Thanks for the invite to share my thoughts on your show. I really enjoy the content you're putting out, and it's a pleasure to be involved. So the two VGM podcasts that I listen to most often are the Super Marcado Bros podcast and Volt Supreme's Synth VGM Dreamstream Machine podcast. The Brueggemann brothers are super talented when it comes to talking about video game music. I love getting the scoop on the different composers, sound chips, samples, chord progressions, and outside influences that went into the production of my favorite tunes. They also have excellent taste, and they've introduced me to several incredible OSTs from games I never would have heard of. Then there's this maniacal supernatural entity on the loose somewhere in Australia known by all as Volts Supreme. Volts's podcast is incredibly entertaining, not only due to the zesty array of smooth, seductive synth bangers that he plays, but because of the menagerie of delightfully odd guests who join him on strange and whimsical journeys in each episode. Whether it's a deep-sea submarine mission, an intergalactic milk convention, or a call with Brooklyn's most famous hip-hop historian, there's adventures and laughs to be had in every episode. Despite the length of my speech, I can't end this right up without shout-outs to the Heroes 3 podcast, Ed's The VG Embassy, Alex's A VGM Journey, and of course, the very good podcast that you are listening to now. Each of these pods are clearly being produced with great love and enthusiasm for the material being covered, and I enjoy listening to each one often. I've known for a while that Volt is a big fan of Final Fantasy XIII's soundtrack, him having shared a song from it on one of my episodes in Season 1. And so I couldn't think of a much better choice for him than the very first song that he played on his own podcast in the pilot episode with his longtime collaborator and hip-hop historian extraordinaire Donnie Smalls. From Final Fantasy XIII 2, this is Serendipity.
And we are back, and I am joined by yet another VGM podcast super fan, whom many of you will recognize because his voice has graced the uh, audio of several of our favorite shows. And that is Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Thank you for having me today. This is this is really exciting. Thank you so much for joining me, and I am super excited. It has been really great actually getting to talk to a lot of my friends who I've you know I've heard their voices before on other shows. Obviously, you know they've heard mine, and we talk all the time in the chats. But you know it's like we're hearing them for the first time now, so it's you know it's weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, yeah, I totally feel you, and it's it's kind of one of these things that I've encountered many times when uh, you know you're a fan of this content and then you you know it's not like you're dealing with celebrities but there's kind of this kind of similar dynamic where these are these voices or these kind of personalities that you come to admire because uh, you're fans of their content but uh, everybody's so approachable everybody's so warm in the community and my experience so it's always been this thing where uh, it's kind of weird when you first talk to somebody because it's like you're not really talking to them for the first time. It's like you're already friends, which is really awesome. And every time yes. that I've met somebody in person in the community or talked to them, uh, you know, over the Internet like we're doing right now, it's always been so much fun and actually really uplifting to to know that, you know, we all share this common interest and we're all super cool with each other, even if we've never even met before. It is. I mean, you have to be a special kind of nerd to love video game music. I mean, talk about a niche of a niche. Yeah. And it's something that automatically, like right at the door, we all have that in common. And I think that goes a long way toward kind of letting us drop our guard. And um, you're absolutely right, man. There's so much warmth in the community. And I think that being able to listen to a podcast, especially the weekly ones, um, you hear these guys um, so much that you really start to feel like you know them and you don't. And so, I mean, sometimes if you, if you don't really learn to interact with them and get to know them, it can, it can feel a little bit weird at first when you first meet them. But then the cool thing is, you know, you're not supposed to meet your heroes. But when I joined all of the podcast, VGM podcast discords, everybody really was just as nice as it sounded like they would be when I was listening to their show. And it's such a cool, cool place to be. And you have been part of this community for a long time now. How did you first get into VGM podcast? Okay, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, be even before that, I just always had a fondness for video game music. Uh, even when I was a little kid, you know, recording stuff off of my TV and playing just sound tests and having like a hand recorder, you know, all this basic <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, as the years went by, you know, technology advances and uh, it it basically just got to the point where I was like, okay, I love this stuff so much and the internet is a thing now. There's got to be other people out there that kind of are into it like I am. And... Um, Actually, like my first uh, listening to a podcast in general was video game music related. So um, the Super Mercado Bros was the first podcast that I started to listen to. Um, and actually, it was through the video game music database uh, website. 
It's a, oh wow an essential resource for any fan of video game music. Yeah, so they I, have, yes, I use VGMDB quite a bit. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, I, there's still because it, it only is used for official releases. So um, you know, we still live in an age where there's a lot of stuff that never really got an official release. So um, it's a good starting point if you want to really start to research the background information on video game music. But um, anyways, uh, the forums, there's forums for every album. So then uh, what I would do is when I would see an album that I like, I click on the forum thread and I see people talking about it. But then I was like, okay, well, there's also a basic forum. So I went on the basic forum and I saw that Carl, the, one of the hosts from Super Mercado Bros, was talking up his podcast and he would actually like create a thread for every episode i i, I doubt that that's a thing that still happens <laughs> but <laughs> back then it was and um i feel like the marcado bros were probably uh i don't know maybe 20 episodes into the show or something like that so i was like oh i'm gonna check this out wow that was a good time to jump on yeah and um uh it kind of was this you know seed that planted in my brain okay what else is out there right so then uh shortly after starting to listen to the super marcado bros i got into legacy music hour which is like the granddaddy of uh all this stuff that we listen to right and um yep. that was a, a one of these situations where once i heard it and a, a bit with the marcado bros too but I had to go back and consume everything, <laughs> you know, there's yep. a whole catalog of, you know, episodes and I've done that with a lot of different shows by now, but uh, yeah, once once that was going on, I was done, man. I was like, <laughs> there's a video game music podcast out there, I want to hear it. And uh, similarly, uh, uh, the, the Kelly brothers who have come to uh, be part of the Mark Howder network and made quite a name for themselves being the hosts of their own content and the OC Remix podcast for quite some time. I found their stuff too. It was uh, Train Station at 8 was their podcast that I started listening to them with and um, that was actually really interesting too because uh, I was listening to all this content separately and eventually they started to uh, connect with each other. So hearing that is so cool. the Brueggemans kind of yeah, start to talk to each other, me being a fan of both of these things was really cool. And, and this is multiplied, I mean, many times now with this community. I, I especially feel like now, like it, it literally is a community where you can hear hosts from other shows on other shows. And, you know, we're here talking about this stuff right now. So it's it's super fun i i love it it's great it really is cool and i actually heard about the kellys uh through the super Mercado bros podcast that's where i first you know heard brian and stephen and so to be able to have been fans of both of them separately and see them come together that is that is really cool and yeah i'll even even one step further than that <laughs> um major third matthew the i i you know, co-host Heroes 3 with Marty from the Marcado Bros and Matthew. Matthew's content I found on my own as well. His major third YouTube, he doesn't have a podcast, but he does really great YouTube content based around video game music. And I found him 
on a search of my own. And then he was on, you know, one of the Supermarcado Bros as a liking favorites with friends episode. And uh, he knew the Kellys and everybody started all talking again. I'm like, all these dudes are doing this <laughs> stuff. And now I'm on a podcast with these guys, which is just so crazy how this all works. And it has nothing to do with video game music. It's about Kung Fu movies. Right. And what is that? It is it is a great it is a great show. I um I'm about the farthest thing from like a traditional Asian cinema fan. Um I'm not really that much of a, a movie guy anyway. And so uh, again, oh, a niche crazy. of a niche. Um cool. but a couple of them. I started out with the Kung Fu Panda episode and the animated Street Fighter Two movie episode <laughs> because oh, I loved those <laughs> movies and um, that made me think. You know what? I really like these guys' dynamic. I'm going to go uh, check out a few of their other shows. Trust me, even if this is not your genre, you need to check this show out because it's it's really cool. It's really fun, and you know you might actually. Um, hear about a movie and then decide to go and check it out and then it becomes your thing so yeah and and honestly i i feel like my main goal is kind of exactly what you're saying where okay if if i share a movie that i really like and you know one person finds a new film that becomes something they never thought they'd see before and they enjoy it my job's done. Exactly. I think uh, – And I mean honestly – More more yeah, net enjoyment every, in the world is never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And I, I've learned of a lot of movies that I had never seen before thanks to this podcast as well. So I, I think it's really fun. It's like this hobby thing, right? So uh, finding out about media that you already would have liked. And that's something that Heroes 3 you know, definitely has in common with the whole VGM community and why it, there's mm-hmm. no cognitive dissonance when I you know think of you guys kind of in the same area and uh, like when did you first reach out to the Supermarcado Bros? I've heard a little of this story over the years but um, for anybody who doesn't know it because you are you're part of the Marcado fam man so yeah yeah it's, it's kind of crazy so um, I don't know I when I'm a fan of stuff I really like to connect with the content so uh me being a fan of the Marcado Bros podcast, you know, I I think it was mainly through Twitter. Like I'd tweet at them, like, "Oh, cool! Like, you know, good to hear you did this thing." Or, "Did you know this thing?" I always like to share because I like, I'm I'm full of useless information. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would share tracks with them and stuff. And actually, actually, think that the reason that they're having yeah, I'm pretty sure the reason that they have like fan like episodes where you know like people submit their tracks and they have, I I think I suggested that to them. Uh, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm that guy, but I'm pretty sure that I was like <laughs> the guy that said, hey, wouldn't well, it be makes cool sense? If I mean, if you as a fan, you know, like to connect with the content, you know, give the content creators a way to connect with other fans who want to do the same thing. That makes sense. That jives. And that's really cool, man. Yeah. So the first, yeah, the first time I uh, kind of a- I actually met them was at a Magfest, you know, Magfest out in DC. Um, and I would say that it's like the video game music lovers convention. I can't wait to make it's it like, up for um, one of those. <laughs> dude, it'd be so cool. Yeah. I. It, I mean, hopefully we can do this at, in some capacity in the future. But it would be so awesome. Just to get everybody, because like we've already got the community, but we're spread out. Yep. And it it is an investment to go, but I I really 
I, I can't talk it up enough. Like once you go and once you see like what I was saying, like I, I we were talking about this a little bit before, but it's like everybody's already friends. We just haven't met each other yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, if you if yeah if you go to Magfest, it's just so crazy and then, like seeing these people that you already kind of know you have this common interest with. That's what it was like for me. So actually, it was kind of. I was gonna go with somebody else and they weren't able to go so I was going to MAGFest solo so I actually uh, dropped a line to the Kelly brothers like hey uh, I you know my plans are kind of messing up but I was wondering if maybe we could crash together so the first MAGFest I went to I actually crashed with uh, Brian and Steven and they were super nice about it I mean we split the cost but it was kind of like I didn't kind of kind of felt like I was buttoned in but those dudes are so nice and then <laughs> after that I met uh, Carl and Will and like yeah we just hit it off it was super fun and I, I guess I live fairly close to Carl and Will so um, we've been able to connect a lot you know over the years and honestly I, I feel like we're like really we're friends you know yeah. it's like I, you know, I don't it's know. no longer just like a creator fan relationship. You're, you know, you're like legit friends yeah. with these guys. And yeah, and I feel very fortunate. And more so than that, I feel like in a lot of ways we've become collaborators because, uh, I mean, I do visual art. It's a thing that I've always enjoyed, but I've never really taken the steps to really dedicate my life to it. And these dudes are all musicians. So, like, I thought, oh, you know, it'd be cool if we kind of do these things. And I've been um, stepping up my my art in my own way. And I've been able to collaborate with them on a lot of projects. And it's been really, really awesome. I feel very fortunate. And for anybody who wants some really specific examples of this that happened recently, um, Carlos helped uh, Carl out with a concept album for a fictional racing game called Downforce. Which you can look it up. It's on uh, it's on the Supermarcado Bandcamp, and all of the art you see there is Carlos's. And um, he recently also did the art for Will's recent project, uh, Superstar Squadron. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, similarly, it's just the arts and the music together kind of tell this story, and you get the feel that you you can almost picture what this game is like. Especially if you grew up in the 90s with, you know, the retro, like the, the box art and manual art and that kind of music. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just really great stuff. I can't recommend enough. Everybody, everybody check those out. And what we're talking about really to me exemplifies the, the Mercado family and what it's all about. It's collaboration. It's sharing this, this stuff that we love. Uh, they recently, a couple of the fans started the, the Mercado Family Showcase, the, you know, where we all get together and share, you know, some of the music that we like. The the Mocos, that's what they call them. Yeah. And that's really Carl cool. and Will just have this, yep. this energy about them that, like, spurs other people to creativity. And, of course, what, what they're famous for is that they can take apart the music and really get into it and dig deep. And I love that they can do that without taking any of the life out of the music because so much of the time when you get down and really analyze stuff like that, it's kind of like explaining the joke. But you can tell they just love it so much that yeah. um, right. 
it's so cool, so cool. And I also like that they showcase um, not just video game music from back in the day, but they will also showcase like chiptune, modern remixers. Um, in fact, uh, that's a decent segue to the songs that um, I'm going to uh, pl- dedicate to Carl and Will. Recently, they did a showcase of Mighty Switch Force, which was composed by Jake Kaufman, and Carl was over the moon for the track called uh, Yummy. And one of the chiptunes that actually has been featured in a game, we'll get to that here in a minute, but when they featured it, all they knew that it was that it was a chiptune. It's Artificial Intelligence Bomb by a composer who goes by the name Naruto. Both of these are just jams, which you would not expect anything else from the Supermarcado Bros. And uh, that one is Will's track. Yummy is Carl's track. We'll go ahead and play those now. When we come back, we'll talk a little about the other set of VGM Podcasting Brothers.
All right, so now we have talked about the brothers from the, well, not quite the Great White North. Uh, Minnesota is not quite in Canada, but we've talked about Carl and Will. Now let's go down to the other end of the time zone and talk about my fellow Texans, Stephen and Brian Kelly. So you discovered these guys independently of the Marcado Network. How did you learn about them first, and which Great. one of their several podcasts were yeah. they doing at the time? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, they were doing uh, a podcast called Train Station at 8, which uh-huh. is, uh, yeah. as if you might be familiar with their work, Animal Crossing is always an, <laughs> an essential part of the content they make. So Train Station at 8 is a reference. Their current yeah. show. Yep. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Their current show is an evening at the roost. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So uh, the thing that I always really liked was they would always like change the format. I forget. So like they're so the thing that I love about these guys is that one they're super positive like ridiculously positive to the point where i'm like where's the cracks (laughs) like come on guys like you gotta get mad or something sometime but no it's like impossible they're they're ridiculously positive people and uh they're just really great at talking to people so um over the years uh with train station at eight and with the oc remix podcast and now uh, even more so with uh, Evening at the Roost, uh, they just have a guest on, a musical group or a musical artist, and just pick their brains. And they're so good at it. It's so, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's an amazing skill that these brothers have. And um, I've learned a lot, you know, where you would say that Carl and Will, you're, you're learning like almost music theory and all this stuff. And uh, sometimes that stuff goes over my head, but I still really enjoy hearing them talk about yep. it. Um, <laughs> Brian and Steven, they really bring out uh, the heart in musicians. <laughs> you know, it's it's really fun hearing yes. uh, them just, I don't know, just I could listen to them interview anyone. It's It's super fun. You're right. You're right. They're really, really great interviewers. I mean, their first episode of An Evening at the Roost was with Grant Kirkhope, whom I have heard on several podcasts. He seems to be really, really open to interviews, and he seems like such a cool guy. But I heard stuff from him on that show that I had never heard before, and they got him talking about things that I I had no idea that he was involved with. And they just – they really are. They're excellent interviewers. They they ask just the right questions, and then they sit back and let the guests go. But they have had, let's see, Whales or Whales. Yeah, it's like uh, their original like network of podcasts. And um, and then Train Station at 8, um, which, like you said, is a reference to Animal Crossing. I can't remember, were they involved with uh, Top Score with Emily Reese, or were they just like... Um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't... Maybe I'm just mixing them up, because I know Carl and Will were on there a couple of times. Yeah, they were. They were for sure. I don't I don't think the Kellys were. Okay, I think I might just be getting all of that mixed up. But it's interesting that you mentioned that because I would say that um, Evening at the Roost really kind of has more closer to a uh, top score format, this kind of NPR 
type of formatting to it but at the same time yes. it's like the fun of having them on and and having them talk to uh composers it's yeah but i i think it's a good comparison and this is probably a good place to mention i don't have any of them uh, on this ep- episode because i had to draw the line somewhere but there are some really really great um vgm composer like interview podcasts out there and top score is one of them i don't think emily's still doing that but there are a lot of great episodes to go back and listen to Mm -hmm. there's one i believe it's called music respawn oh that's that's out there right now basically just go down the list on vgmpodcast.com you'll see it of course austin wintry is composing or is uh, interviewing composers Mm -hmm. for the um aias podcast and there are a lot of really great interview shows out there, and now Evening at the Roost is definitely one of those. It's actually the only one I currently listen to all the time. <laughs> nice. Because I kind of like with this episode, I have to draw my listening time line somewhere. The one thing they also did kind of in the back half of the show that I really enjoyed was they started – I think it was actually Carl and Will that started them doing this. They started focusing on one song per episode. Right. And breaking that song down. And that's really, that was a really cool thing that they did. OCR, that's where I was going to go. Because this is also a good place to talk about Overclocked Remix. Um, It's such a big part, such a different part as well, of the VGM community. And Brian and Steven, as you said, were the hosts for a long time of the OCR podcast. No longer running. They actually had a hiatus at one point. And then came back with Patchpin as the host. Right. Now it's kind of on hiatus again until I guess somebody else has time to pick it up. <laughs> I think it, it, it was really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed listening to it week for week. They also did this kind of like a, a fan submitted thing. Like they had their playlist every episode. And I really had a lot of fun finding tracks based on their theme because they'd have a different theme. Kind of brought me into the OC Remix community more than I ever had been because I'd always known about OC Remix and I mean, going back to the early days of video game music on the internet, that was kind of like the the main you know game in town. You'd see mm-hmm. all these techno remixes of uh, Mario or Zelda or whatever, and yeah. um, but I never really got into the community like knowing who artists were and and really kind of following except for like a handful of names that I found on my note on my own outside of OC Remix but thanks to the OC Remix podcast I um yeah I I I really got into some artists and I I started to kind of get into more of an EDM type of uh uh BGM like finding the stuff that I feel like fits my taste within that realm of EDM and that's not to say that, I mean, everybody kind of, it's a joke almost, putting <laughs> OC Remix in the box of EDM or techno, and there's so much more than that if you really look, but, um, like, uh... Right, yeah, there's something there for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's an artist called Will Rock that I really got into thanks to uh, the Kelly Brothers, and actually ended up meeting him at MAGFest, and he's a super cool dude. Um, yeah, I'm a follower of his on YouTube. Yeah, like... And he shreds. He's he's, oh he's yeah he's awesome. He's a super nice guy, and um, he can just tear it up. Like it's, this is not EDM. This is all guitar stuff. Like he's like rocking dude, and he's a very he's almost like like I don't know. He he's like one of my favorite 
guitarist. <laughs> um, but uh, cool. yeah, thanks to their podcast, I found out about uh, about him. That's yeah. I mean, these two these two pairs of brothers that uh, you have agreed to talk with me about tonight really shaped the face of a lot of what the VGM podcast community is, and um, definitely, definitely two of my well, I guess with the Kellys, like three or four of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys are all right, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Right. Well, and for <laughs> Brian and Steven, I could not help but uh, cater to their tastes. In addition to Animal Crossing, uh, which from which we will be playing the 8 p.m. theme from Animal Crossing Wild World, uh, we will also be featuring a song from Sonic Adventure, which the Kellys, with their unbridled positivity, absolutely love. And we're finally able to convince Carl and Will to play on their show. <laughs> um, it's a great episode. Everybody should check it out. So dedicated to Brian and Steven, we have 8 p.m. from Animal Crossing Wild World and Azure Blue World from Sonic Adventure. Carlos, it has been fantastic having you on the show. Uh, any parting words or uh, any last thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, thank you for having me on. This has been really great. And I'm really excited to hear about everybody else's, uh, uh, you know, content for all of this. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. Um, like I said before, I, I do honestly feel like this is a community of friends uh, that we, you know, we talk over the Internet and we meet when we can. But uh, whenever I meet anybody, it's it's a great time. And Hopefully someday we can meet again. <laughs> I hope so, man. Oh, this has certainly been a great time with you, Carlos, and thanks so much. All right, let's get into some more music.
All right, and now I am joined by a very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex, the messenger, messenger of a VGM journey. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing all right, and I'm excited to uh, excited to talk to you about some of these shows because uh, they're a little off the beaten path for a lot of the people that we hang out with. I wish more people knew about them because they're really awesome. Oh yeah, same. But before we get into those, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the wonderful world of VGM podcasts? I would definitely tell you that it was about, I would say, 10 years ago. I I mean, I was pretty big into podcasts. And for whatever reason, I stumbled across Legacy Music Hour. And it just kind of clicked with me like, hey, I really love video game music. And I also love podcasts, too. So it was just this perfect blend. And it just started just this decade-long adventure of finding all of these different VGM podcasts and listening to them and discovering new stuff. Very cool. And how long was it and how many shows had you uh, finally checked out before you started up the VGM Podcast Fans Facebook group? Let's see. I started that group, man, I want to say four years ago, maybe three. Wow. And I've listened to way too many shows. I <laughs> Way too many I, to name, huh? Oh, like, yeah. Everything on this list and then some. <laughs> I think if I was to ballpark the amount, I would say maybe 30 shows. Wow. <laughs> Man, even the rest of us who have been talking tonight, who some of us listen to upwards of, you know, 10, 11, 12 shows, but uh, that is crazy. And if I were to count them up, I might cap out around 20 for all the VGM podcasts that I've at least checked out an episode or two of. So you're you're kind of like the resident expert, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I try not to brag, but I've I've been around. <laughs> Well, uh, I know that your your presence is definitely felt all over the community. You're uh, you're appreciated, and um, you know some of that, of course, is for your generous patronage. I know that you're a pretty high tier patron of a lot of shows, mine included. By the way, disclaimer: thank you so much for that. But even for the shows I know that you're not a patron of, uh, there are several of them, including a couple of the ones on this list that we're going to talk about that I might not have heard of if you hadn't told me about them first. And I think that sharing the shows with our friends in a lot of ways is as important if not more important than you know just kind of quietly giving our money away and so the fact that you do both of those things is is just pretty cool so one of those shows is the rock out with your card out podcast which we can call roico for short and its host uh, jason Ariola, is uh, a pretty cool dude i've checked out his show a few times now recently actually you guessed it on that show right Right. And actually, shortly after we recorded this, I listened to Jason's newly posted 50th episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. And in this episode, he talks about one song that, if he had to narrow it down, would be the impetus for his show. I had already picked out the songs that were going to feature as my dedication to Jason, but I felt like I couldn't really present him adequately without mentioning this. And so, under the rest of the conversation, you're going to be listening to The Boy Who Had Wings from Ease 3, Wanderers from Ease. So, um, 
tell me a little about Roico, either how you found it, what you like about it, any of your favorite shows. Roico was one that I, it was another one that I accidentally stumbled upon. I think I was just looking for some new VGM podcasts to listen to, and I just happened to find that one. I think Jason is a really cool guy. I think he was probably one of the hosts that I just felt super comfortable talking to when I was guesting on his show. And man, there were way too many episodes to list that I really liked for (laughs) his show. I think ones that really stuck out to me was a lot of his Ease episodes. He loves him some Falcom sound team, doesn't he? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think that some of the ones stuck out to me. He went crazy one, I think it was one week, and every day that week he did an episode about uh, the latest Trails of Cold Steel game that had just come out at that point. Oh, yeah. And that was a fun little miniseries. I think it was like four episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, he just like... I want to say he didn't even play everything. I, I, I want to say it was a pretty extensive uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think he actually mentioned that he barely scratched the surface of everything that's in that soundtrack. And and it was all really phenomenal stuff. That was the first time... Of course, I'd heard Falcom Sound Team JDK before, but that was the first time it really brought home to me how, how amazing they are. And Jason is really good at that, about championing the shows that are... Or the like the composers and the sound teams and the games with soundtracks that maybe you don't hear about a lot. And I feel like he, he takes some pride and some joy in being able to share that stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Let's go ahead and play the song that I have picked out for Jason. As I have mentioned a few times tonight, I've sort of gone through and handpicked different things that uh, I thought the composers would appreciate to play on the playlist tonight. Which means that, I mean, since these are the songs that I thought would sound good to these professionals in the genre you know that it's going to be full of very good music. And you were the one who reminded me that he also really enjoys the work of Motoi Sakuraba, something he has in common with Shukapau, actually. So, thanks to your uh, suggestion on Composer, I went back through some of Jason's backlog, and I picked out a game that I thought would be... It, it's, it's a little bit obscure, not super obscure, but a little bit obscure, by a composer he loves... From Baton Kaito's Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean, we are going to be playing Prologue Peak and Nadir's Whale.
right, and those were the opening tracks of Prologue Peak and Nadir's Whale from Baton Kaitos, Eternal Wings, and The Lost Ocean. For more like that, you can go check out the Roico podcast with Jason Ariola. That's R-O-W-Y-C-O, or Rock Out With Your Card Out. Should be pretty easy to find with a name like that. Moving on to another show with a pretty distinctive name. We're going to talk a little bit about Forever Sound Version, hosted by Michael Bridgewater. Alex, what are some things you like about Forever Sound Version? I found out about Michael's show because of Rhythm and Pixels and Michael's friendship with Robin Purnell. I mean, I think they've had him on several times. Yes. Yeah, several times at this point. I think maybe uh, Shell Wong is the only guest they've had on more than than Michael at this point. <laughs> and he had uh, them on once as well for uh, one of his famous uh, video game battle episodes, I think. Oh, those episodes are so good. They're actually my favorite episodes of his show. I think it's been yeah. a little while since he's done it because... So I think what he normally does is just have his friends over and with the pandemic going on and the social distancing, I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. why he hasn't done it in a while. I think so. The last one he did was in around March of 2019. And I only remember that because in that episode, one of his friends brought Metal Beat by Alberto Jose Gonzalez. And immediately it went up to my top 10, like VGM of all time list. It just, it got in my head and wouldn't get out. And I remember humming it at work all the time. And um, where I was working and what I was doing at the time, that places it for me. So I know it was around March of 2019. So if it's kind of maybe an annual-ish thing that he does, then yeah, that'd probably be why. Because as we all know, it was around March this year that all hell broke loose here in the States. (laughs) So... What else do you think it is about Michael's show that um, that makes him unique or uh, that um, you would recommend people for? Michael, I think he's highly passionate about video games and video game music. And what I really like about his show is that he he's pretty relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's just like with the tone of his voice, but... He doesn't really dive too deep into the technical side of stuff. Like he just he just lets the music talk for itself. And I don't it's just something that I really dug about his show. Yeah, he really he has a pretty varied taste in things and when he does occasionally get technical if it's about a certain um, home computer or something that he really loves. Uh, he'll he's he's able to explain it in a way that's really, you know, it's accessible to a lot of people. He also talks a lot about his uh, memories growing up, and it's just a it's a really well rounded show. And of course, it doesn't come out all that much these days, but when it does, uh, it's really really fantastic. Um, I'm probably going to talk about this a little bit later when I talk about the Dyad show with Utopia Nemo, but um, as I'm sure you're aware, the last couple of times Michael did make an episode, he had the Dyad on as his co-host, and I thought that chemistry was really, really great. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that, and now that you reminded me, I did remember those episodes being really good. 
It's also funny that you point out how relaxed Michael is because I don't know of many more many guys that sound more relaxed on their show than you do. It's it's a really cool vibe. <laughs> uh, but Ben Ben is another one that's got that really sort of chill, mellow sound to everything, kind of that NPR ish voice going on, which Michael definitely has. And so it's really cool when the when the two of them get together. And for Michael, when I reached out, I actually, I couldn't uh, go around and ask some of his uh, his friends. I guess I could have asked Robin Purnell, and I also couldn't pop in on his Discord and ask him randomly when he wasn't thinking about it because he doesn't have a Discord. So I just out and asked him one time, hey, if uh, hypothetically someone were to play a song on a show and that song was going to represent you, what's a song that you would feel comfortable putting in that spot? And uh, so put the kind of hit the nail on the head with him a little bit. But the song that he sent back is the one that you all are about to hear. Composed by the magnificent Noriyuki Iwadare, this is round 2-1 from Gainaug, known in the States as Wings of War. That was round 2-1 from Gainaug, Wings of War in the States. And that was dedicated to our wonderful British friend, host of the Forever Sound Version podcast, Michael Bridgewater. And moving from one of our British podcaster friends to another one. And another show I would not have heard about if it had not been for you. I remember specifically was asking about other shows in the, the VG Embassy Discord one time. And you threw out the sound test. Posted by Lee Tyrrell. The Sound Test is a wonderful show. The episodes, I mean, you do get different kinds of episodes. Mm -hmm. Lee normally does these, like all these interviews. Yeah, he's he's done a lot. And like he'll do them by seasons. Uh, And he's talked to quite a number of composers. 
Uh, anybody from Danny Baranowski to Dave Wise, Grant Kirko. Yep, he's had Laura Shigihara on. I mean, some of my favorite episodes. Uh, he had Austin Wintry on one time, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say he had uh, Nathan McCree as well. Yep, some really, really big names. He's very good at networking. And I like the style of his interview shows because they almost sound more like uh, like documentary style than straight-up interview style. And that's very different. And I think he, he produces it really well. What was crazy to me is that I've talked to Lee quite a bit. And at the beginning, I mean, he was saying that he didn't think he was that great of an interviewer and all that. And, like, I really, I totally disagreed with him. Like, I, I thought he was great when he started. Yeah, he is... He and I have had similar conversations, and the the biggest puzzler to me about the sound test is why it doesn't have a wider audience than it does. Because it really is – it's an incredibly produced show. He makes a really strong effort at connecting with the fans. He's recently started up a, a Discord where he um, – he collects most of the requests for the show. He does a lot of requests. He does a live, um, the sound test live every Friday. Uh, it's in the afternoon here in the States, in the evening over there in uh, Great Britain. And yeah, everything you're saying, I can't agree with more. He, he's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I would say that the sound test is one of the most underrated video game music podcasts out there like i i agree with you i don't understand why that show doesn't have a bigger audience than it does well if um any of you out there listening are inclined to another vgm podcast this is one that i think alex and i can both heartily recommend that you check it out the sound test is is definitely worth it the backlog isn't super huge so it's not like discovering you know the supermarcado bros or uh, Pixel Tunes Radio for the first time and having to go back 200 plus episodes. And what's there is solid gold. Really, really good stuff. There's something there for everybody. If you're not a huge fan of the interviews, there are the live shows. If you do love the interviews like I do, then they're they're awesome. They're some of the best ones you'll hear. And you actually helped me pick out Lee's song as well. Yeah, we settled on Bayou Boogie from Donkey Kong Country 2. So I know that was... Donkey Kong Country 2 was a game that Lee absolutely loves. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of meaning for him. One of the things that really helped him learn helped him learn to love not just video games, but music. And so, of course, it has a special place in his heart. But, yes. So, as, uh, as Alex said, we are now going to take a listen to Bayou Boogie from Donkey Kong Country 2.
Alright, and so that was Bayou Boogie from Donkey Kong Country 2, dedicated to Lee Tyrrell, host of The Sound Test. Seriously, you guys, check it out. Alright, and we are back, and I have yet another BGM Podcast superfan with us to help me close out part one of this VGM Podcaster tribute. And that super fan is Utopia Nemo. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. It's great to be here. It is an honor to have you, man. Um, I got to say, you are in some good company tonight. Uh, I have been talking with Carlos, Chris Murray, Christinerson, and we're actually, I think, going to be talking soon about another longtime uh, VGM podcast listener and fan. Of course, uh, we have also heard from The Messenger this evening. And yeah, but before we get into that, um, you've been listening for a long time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with VGM podcasts? How did you get into this? What are your memories of, of this? Uh, you know, that's, that's a good question. Um I was thinking about it recently, and I don't really remember exactly when I started. My earliest memories about listening to VGM podcasts uh, was uh, listening to a VGM podcast called Top Score, and that was with Emily Reese. It was on, I think, Minnesota Public Radio, um, but it was you know broadcast on Apple Podcasts and various things. I'm familiar. Not the first time that's been mentioned tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't really know how I, f- I found her podcast. I, it's not going anymore, I, I don't believe, but uh, for a good long while she was uh, covering um, all sorts of things from uh, new things and also older compositions. Um, that's how I found out about MAGFest and, and a lot of other things, um, VGM related as well. And um, from there, she actually did an episode talking to, I think it was Brent Weinbach with Legacy Music Hour. And so I transitioned into Legacy Music Hour, and I think she started to slow down after that. My memory's kind of hazy, but um, I was kind of looking back just, um, I think it was probably in in part to prepare for for talking with you. Um, I was looking back on the Legacy Music Hour blog uh, posts, and I want to say my earliest response, because I I started responding pretty much after I, I discovered the show, it was like 2013, somewhere in there. So I've been, I've been listening to VGM podcasts since about then. That is, and that's that's seven years, dude. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I, I remember seeing your name on a lot of those early um, threads uh, in the research I was doing for the show. I did see you on uh, LMH's websites, um, VG Empire, seen you on Pixelated Audio. I've heard you on Pixelated Audio, <laughs> um, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you've um. Uh, but yeah, please continue. Where did you uh, Where did you go from um, from LMH? Well, I um, one thing I wanted to mention about the culture at that point. I I've never been much on social media. Um, Discord is kind of new for me. I as you know, I'm on Discord a lot. I think that's how we met. But before that, I didn't do any social media. So the thing to do with all these uh, VGM podcasts was to respond on the message boards so i did a lot of that with uh legacy music hour and somewhere shortly after i started listening to lmh i also started listening to uh vg empire uh with brett elston he he was the host and there was a couple of other guys um 
Henry Gilbert, who I think now is um, on Retronauts quite often and has does a lot of other podcast stuff, and also uh, Chris, I, I can't remember his last name, but basically VG Empire was Brett Elston's um, nostalgia machine, and so he did VGM music for quite a few years until I think he basically covered everything that he wanted to talk about. Um, but th- I listened to those guys quite a bit. And I mean, as you know, I mean, I think the v- very fact that I'm here kind of points to the very collaborative and supportive nature of um, VGM listeners and VGM podcasters. Um, one of the things that potential listeners of both LMH and VG Empire know is that at some point, um, so Brett and Brett and Brent, they were uh, both doing this uh, for a very long time and without knowledge of each other. And at some point, uh, Brett Elston realized, hey, there's this other show called uh, Legacy Music Hour. They're doing the same thing we're doing. So his first inclination was I got to talk to that guy. And so they met, and that's actually when they did um, an episode. Uh, I think Brent Weinbach appeared on uh, VG Empire, and they did their episode on um, uh, Secret of Mana. Um, anyway, a little bit of trivia there. but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, and so I, I listened to those shows, and yeah, and then I, um, well, I'm sorry, I'm kind of dominate, <laughs> dominating the conversation, might my, my dad. That's okay, man. That's why that's why I had you guys on. And um, uh, a lot of folks actually, or a couple of folks actually, just uh, sent in audio testimonials. So there there wasn't really a conversation. So this is all right. This is cool. Um, and we we are going to talk about VG Empire a little bit more later. Uh, I will say I was surprised when I actually looked back and saw how long ago VG Empire started. They've been around since October 2011, and um, that is not much. Light. That's that's not too much later than uh, Brent and Rob started LMH. So they really, really were uh, contemporaries, kind of like um, in Fellowship of the Ring when they're sailing down the river and you see the uh, ah the two big statues. Oh. All of my Tolkien yeah f- fan friends would hate me for not using the actual terms, but yeah, it's like one of those is LMH and the other one is VGM Empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the gateway into VGM podcasts. Yeah, and. Um, of course, from um, from there, uh, as a lot of us know, in, in 2013, I believe, uh, LMH went on what turned out to be a hiatus. They actually were ending indefinitely, uh, as far as they knew, and a couple of their fans decided to pick up the slack, and they started the VGM Jukebox. Yep. And that is actually where I first heard... Uh, a lot of heard of a lot of you guys that I'm talking to tonight. Um, you and Steen and Chris Murray and um, Ed Ed Wilson. He he was uh, con- he contributed tracks. Yep. Ed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I heard. Uh, he he did. I heard about Ed. Um, oh, Alex Messenger, of course. Um, I actually heard about Ed and Mike because of their crossover with Pixel Tunes Radio. Um, I heard about uh, Brian and Gene because of their crossover with um, Pixelated Audio. Either that, or I started looking up PTR and I saw their crossover episodes with Pixelated Audio, mm-hmm. and then that eventually led me to Rhythm and Pixels. So, yeah, if it weren't for BGM Jukebox, I probably wouldn't have found all of these shows I listen to now. So, <laughs> and one of the other names that I heard pretty consistently on the BGM Jukebox mm-hmm. was the Dyad. 
And eventually, when I started branching out looking for more VGM podcasts, I saw, oh, hey, look, the Dyad has his own show. And I started listening, and it was really cool. It was something I hadn't quite heard yet before in the VGM podcast scene with just the level of research, some of the connections that he was making, um, his really low-key delivery, and the fact that he was doing it solo was a new thing for me. I had not heard a solo VGM podcast before, and I was right. impressed. Yeah, that's still not very common. Yeah, that he could carry it on his own. You uh, you know, you and the dyad go back a ways as mm-hmm. uh, as mutual fans. Um, had you talked to Ben at that point before uh, before listening to his show? Uh, no, I mean we we would post a lot. I, I think I started met um, so, some interactions with him on the message boards of um, of VGM Jukebox. Um, as people who are familiar with the show know that that. Uh, show probably embodies the collaborative and supportive spirit of um, VGM podcasts more than any other show before it, certainly. And um, definitely, it, it was definitely it might it might be my favorite podcast of all time. It's uh, it's it was great, and but yeah, and a lot of the people that I met, I still know from that from that show. Uh, but yeah, that um, I think shortly before Ben started the Dyad Presents. Um, we started getting to know each other at least a little bit through posts and that kind of thing. And so when I heard that he was starting his podcast, I I was there really since the first episode, and and um, I've been kind of a supporter of it ever since. He's his format is is perfect. Uh, the way that he um, you know he goes into the trivia and he goes off on these long tangents there it's always fascinating to me i'm never bored with, with his show and he doesn't do the show as as very often these days just you know because of life and things things happen but um he still puts out an episode he's a busy guy yeah yeah he's very busy and i just um yeah i i, I love it and the other thing about his show is that for whatever reason um the tracks he picks are exactly the the type of vgm that i love most every track he picks uh we're just i guess in vgm we're on kind of the same wavelength um it's just it hits me in that b spot as they say it uh with lmh it's just yep it's just so good <laughs> um so yeah it's 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 a great show and i i, I very much enjoy it it is really cool i could listen to ben ramble for forever um because he's so He's so, um, it, it's just so, so clear. And so, um, I, I think cogent might be a word I'm going for anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it makes sense. Like you listen to him ramble and there's a, there's a method to it. It's like stream of consciousness, you know, and. <laughs> right. But it's not, it, it's rambling, but it, it, you know, it's very directed. So you never feel like, you know, what is he doing? He, you know, he's just kind of talking there. It's, it's, he, he's like the master of the segue, him and, and Josh, Josh Adachi, but he just, he knows exactly how, you know, with his writing, it, he goes from one topic into the next and it's just this yep. very smooth transition and you're kind of hooked the whole way through. There's a nice, actually, um, for anybody who kind of likes what we're doing, but would like to know a little bit more about some of the shows or about the history of EGM podcasting in general, uh, Ben's episode 50 is called A Brief History of VGM podcasts. You can find it on his website, the dyadpresents.blogspot.com, and uh, it's a 
going on a couple of years old now. I think it came out toward the end of 2018, but uh, that is a really, really cool episode. Um, I've gone back and listened to that a couple of times, and he really talks about he really gives it so much more context than I ever would would have thought of before. He really digs deep there, and and it's it's kind of a meta podcast if I ever heard one. <laughs> and um, speaking of the the dyad's taste and how it aligns with yours, I do have a song. Uh, when I asked him a while back what one of his favorite songs was, and hypothetically, if someone were to represent you with a single piece of VGM, what's one that you would feel comfortable giving them? But before we get to that, uh, you mentioned that VGM Jukebox may be your favorite VGM podcast of all time. That would be really hard for me to pin down. Um, I will say Emily Keyglyph is 100% my favorite VGM podcast host of all time. She is – she's just the coolest person that I have ever heard. And I'm jealous of you guys who – have been listening to her for longer than I was able to <laughs> because she's so great. And she and Josh did have the perfect chemistry on that show. Um, what are some of your other uh, favorite VGM shows? Um, well, currently I listen to uh, – when I really started getting into VGM podcasts, I basically would just periodically go to iTunes and search out uh, – just randomly search and search and search and try and find all the VGM-based podcasts I can mm-hmm. or I could. And, and so I – so, um, you know, I found a lot. Some of them aren't, don't exist anymore, but um, I listen to Pixelated Audio, uh, uh, VGM Journey. Uh, that's another one I love. XVGM Radio currently. Uh, Cave VGM, The Last Wave uh, with Hammock. He pulls out some smooth, smooth jams. And it's a, both that, uh, that show and uh, The Messenger's VGM Journey are, are kind of very digestible and easy to, um, you know, they're short, so you can get, get them in, in a, if you don't have a lot of time to listen. Yes, um, yeah. Legacy Music Hour, uh, of course. Um, your podcast, Very Good Music. Thank you, sir. I uh, listen to that as well. And, and enjoy it very much. In fact, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. Um, Shoot Kapow is the same age as my oldest son, and their, their voices actually sound a little bit uh, similar. I don't know, <laughs> maybe that's just the uh, teenage mumbling or something, but, you know, it, and they are interested in some similar things. So it's, uh, I very much enjoy hearing you two go back and forth, and it kind of, um, it kind of inspires me sometimes to talk about my, uh, well, I have a VGM um, heavy relationship with my son as well. And I love sharing Very cool. all my kids, really. I love sharing VGM with them. And they like, there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of kids out there that are like legitimately listen to VGM as, as, as the type of music they enjoy, but, but, um, he does. So it's, it's a good bonding. Well, that's cool, man. And yeah, um, a lot of our uh, contemporaries may not know, but, um, Utopian Emo and I have the, um, dubious honor of uh we are both dads of five (laughs) and i think all of our kids are uh we have a similar spread i think um mine are six to 15 and Mm -hmm. so and uh eight to 15 right so that's kind of you know you you and i understand each other i think on a level that a lot of our even a lot of our friends (laughs) don't so yes that's really cool man and there is a commiseration there I love that uh, the VGM podcast generations, and of course Ed has his son Logan on quite a bit, uh, the youngest of all the VGM mm-hmm. podcasters, and it is really cool. And it'll be interesting to see how this um, how this little genre continues to spread into the future. 
You and I could talk about such things all night, though. I am going to rein us back toward that song that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And we will get back a little bit later to some of your uh, some of your favorite shows. So don't worry. Um, but tonight I am playing uh, a song from a game that I am not going to recommend to all ages, although the soundtrack is really cool. This is from a grown-up game um, called... Pinky Ponky. I've also seen it called Plinky Plonky, but I'm pretty sure Pinky Ponky is the actual term. The name of this track is Elevator of the Department Store. This game was composed by Taguchi Yasuhiro. This was published by Elf Co. And it was released on several retro systems that I really need to play more of on my show. Uh, most notably, the Sharp X68000, but also the MSX, the PC-88, and the PC-98. The game came out in 1990. Once again, this is Elevator of the Department Store. Elevator of the Department Store from Pinky Ponky. <laughs> what did you think about that track, sir? That is a dyad track, if I ever heard it. Yep. As soon as it started, I was like, oh yeah, that's something the dyad loves. I love it too. It sounds almost like a classic uh, late, well, early 90s Sega jam. Um, something you hear in the arcade or something like that. Very, very smooth, very funky. Yeah, definitely. That bass line is something else. <laughs> that was really cool. And uh, I actually, I wanted to say, I appreciate um, one of the things that you have done over the years. And uh, Electric Boogaloo, I've seen also do this. Y'all have some have some similar tendencies here. Um, you are very good about gently correcting people or fact-checking people when they are slightly off. And I really, really admire that um, premium on accuracy when it comes to, like, the stuff that we report. This is a... Still, um, sadly, underrepresented and under uh, misunderstood, or not not totally understood, or really even 
thought about area of pop culture and the music world. And so I do think that it's important that those of us who talk about it do so as accurately as possible. And so I really appreciate when, you know, when you weigh in and correct me, even if it's a, you know, I don't know the difference between PSG and FM and, you know, synth based audio. Or if I get a composer wrong, if I get a, you know, a publisher wrong, if even if I mention something and then I leave a detail out, I always know who I can go to when I'm not 100% sure about something. And so that's I, I, I try to be helpful. Um, I've also tried to do that less uh, these days. <laughs> um, I think I think when I realized I needed to back off was when um, when I started hearing uh uh, Pixel Tunes radios, and then later XVGM, they came up with a character, Nick Carney. He's like this annoying guy who always corrects everybody on stuff. And I was like, you know what? I, I resemble him more than <laughs> I would like to. So I try to ease off on it. And it's always coming from a helpful spirit. I, I, I That guy is obnoxious and, you know, it's, um, it's kind of a caricature. But I I, I, I do it because I, I think that people would want to, to have the correct information um, but you know I try and also not go overboard with it because I'm also wrong periodically and um, <laughs> sometimes probably more than I you know know and so um, yeah but I, I, tr- I try to be helpful anyway well for me um, don't hold back because I, I always want to do better um, and I, I do I take pride in um, in the research that I that I do and I like to know when I'm getting it wrong so I can mention something about it next time. So, um, but did you ever uh, find yourself in a position where you were fact-checking or correcting correcting uh, Brett back on the, the VG Empire comment section? Um, pr- uh, yeah, probably, I'm sure. That, especially back then, I, I did that kind of thing a lot more often. Usually I just, it was a matter of emphasis. Brett's cool. He he has like a he has a really wide experience, and he just gets excited about a lot of different things. He was also correct most of the time, so I I don't know, I I, I probably did. I I hesitate <laughs> to go back and <laughs> read some right. of those because also it took it was that was before um, uh, VGM jukebox. And it, one thing I've told um, Josh and Emily is that they really kind of taught me with the way that they interacted with people um, and the way that other people interacted on their show in their message boards um, how not how, how to not be combative on the internet and I didn't learn that really until I started listening to their show so I, I, I tried not to be combative before but you know it's I think it's a tendency that a lot of people have and it I, I had some learning to do so I was probably more contrary than I needed to be back then and yet you're still one of the one of the nicest guys I know. Which I mean, you're in the VGM podcast community, so in, you're in you're in good company there. But um, you did mention about Brett that he has a, has wide and varying interests, and he gets excited about a lot of different things. That was one of the things I do remember enjoying about VG Empire. I heard about it less than six months after it ended. Um, that's when I really started digging into it. I think I had kind of heard of VG Empire here and there, and I had just I just had so much on my plate I hadn't checked in yet. And then as I started having a longer commute and more time at work when I could listen, I was checking out more shows, and I downloaded several of his back episodes and listened to them. And then he ended on the soundtrack to one of my favorite games of all time, and then came back a month later for uh, his last Rocktober on the Street Fighter series. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But I still kind of think of that 
that last show as the last one because it was such a perfect thing to end on. Before we talk about it, though, uh, we've already kind of danced around VG Empire a couple of um, times in this conversation. What uh, what else have you got to say? What, what do you think is it that set VG Empire apart from some of the other shows out there? Or what is your particular like history with it? What are what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I so you know I listened to VG Empire and Legacy Music Hour at the same time, and um, you know Legacy M- Music Hour is very kind of slow and and very slow and relaxed. And um, Brett, by comparison, uh, is really kind of energetic. And and Chris and Henry were also you know could get excited about stuff. So their chemistry was pretty good and. Uh, Brett was always enthusiastic about stuff. That that was really kind of the thing that that drew me uh, to him. Um, he had other guests on. He had some really great interviews. Uh, he interviewed uh, Spencer Nilsson from uh, Sega, who composed the U.S. version of uh, Sonic CD, uh, as well as a number oh, wow. of other CD games. He ac- actually had him on for two episodes. I must have missed that one. Oh yeah, it was really good. So the first episode, he uh, talked to him about a lot of the early Sega CD games that he did. Um, Spider-Man and the Kingpin, there's some really great information that came out on that that I hadn't heard before. Also, uh, Echo uh, CD, he did some great um, kind of really new new age music um, type soundtrack for that. Um, and then, And then the next episode was Sonic CD. And the thing that was really cool about that interview was... Spencer Nielsen had never heard the Japanese version. It was just Sega of America said, hey, we want you to do an American version, American soundtrack. And so what Brett did was he sat down with him and he played him the... Um, the he, first he would play uh, Spencer Nielsen's track for a certain level, and then he would play the Japanese version. And Spencer Nielsen had never heard it before that point. And so it was really interesting to see how uh, the, the ways in which the Japanese composition um, was similar in, in spirit or feeling and the ways in which it differed from the American composition. Um, and there was, uh, you know, they were, uh, sometimes they were pretty different, but they had usually had a, kind of a similar, um, a similar emotional tone to them. Uh, and the one that was the most similar was a track called Tidal Tempest. And even though stylistically the tracks were slightly different, the types of chords that they picked out and the and the, the emotional uh, tone that went throughout the track was very similar. And um, that was very, very enlightening. That is really cool. I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to that episode because... That that's my jam, man. I love I love composer interviews. I love deep dives. I love hearing stuff that has that has never been heard anywhere else. And that just kind of combines all of those things into one show. And that's really cool, man. Well, yeah. Before we wrap up and I play us out with our last song of part one of this this two part tribute, uh, tell us a little more about maybe some of your favorite shows that you haven't mentioned yet. Uh, any other. Any other shows you would like to point out for our listeners to check out? Um, sure. Well, uh, I was actually just looking down through my uh, playlist, my podcast list, and so I, I was like, oh, no, I didn't get to finish <laughs> um, before because I wanted to point out that uh, Volt Supreme synth VGM oh my Supreme Machine podcast, <laughs> uh, another favorite. Uh, and what he does, for those who don't know, just with his stories and his uh, his his many, many guests, it's uh, it's 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 great. It's always super entertaining. My kids love it. And also, um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, oh and it, it, uh, he also 
is he's very collaborative as well. And so a lot of us have, um, you have, I have uh, written and or um, recorded things that have uh, parts that have gone into his shows. Um, that's a good one. Uh, the VG embassy, how can we forget Ed of Wilson? Um, he's also taken a lot of that collaborative spirit that the VGM jukebox had, and he has a lot of, uh, guests in the local community as well. Um, of course the dyad presents, um, again, one of my favorites forever sound version with Michael Bridgewater. Uh, that's another one I love. Um, Yes. There's, yep. Alex and I talked about that just a little while ago. Great show. Yeah, very good. He and the dyad actually crossed over recently for a couple of episodes. In a yeah, row. Um, and and I I told both of them that uh, those are some of my favorite episodes. The, what for whatever reason the rapport that they have, um, it's it's so fun to listen to. And then there uh, there's a couple of other ones here that I have on my list that I um, either are not really uh, updating anymore or they've. They've since stopped, but they're definitely worth a listen. Overclock Podcast, uh, they recently stopped doing shows, but they were, um, that was the official podcast of the OC Remix. And so there was a lot of really good music that I uh, discovered from listening to that one. Lots of great stuff. I did a little bit of research for them on their last few episodes, um, and that was when uh, Patchpin was, he was the most recent oh, yeah. uh, host, and we actually talked a little bit earlier with Carlos about Brian and Stephen Kelly, the original hosts of the OCR podcast. Oh, okay, nice. Well, um, I don't, do, do you, did you know, uh, I know Kescatalo, um, sometimes he goes by Evil Taco. Um, is that a, I know? Yes, he's, he's a Finnish Yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I've talk- I talked to him a couple of times when I was uh, helping them out on those last few episodes. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. Really cool dude. Um, actually, um, what was I going to say about? I met him on the Pixelated Audio podcast, and that's how I found out about OC Remix or the uh, OC Remix podcast. And so, the the last couple of episodes, I had some uh, listener recommendations that they played on there as well. And uh, another crossover <laughs> is that you will be hearing. Um, in our upcoming, um, I, I don't know, maybe when this comes out, it's been, it, it'll be uh, already passed, but the upcoming um, VGM Fight Club episode. Yes. That we will be listening to an Aino Kescatalo remix of a particular Sega tr- uh, song um, that was suggested to me by my son, uh, Yoshimitsu. That's not his real name. That's just his, uh, <laughs> his alias. I'm not that much into video <laughs> yes, games. Kind of like Shukapal, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and the uh, we are going to have the last weekend on as one of my guests uh, for next episode. I didn't include VGM Fight Club on the list tonight just because it, it literally almost started after I had already started pre-production on the yes, on these shows. <laughs> Even though he's probably by this time six or seven episodes deep because this is not coming out probably until close to the end of November. So yours and my showdown has already been decided. We um, we have already heard that great I Know remix. For anybody listening who has not heard it, go check it out. I know that uh, for at least my half of the tracks, you're in for some really, really great Sega goodness. And I can only assume for a man whose self-professed VGM spirit animal would be Sega <laughs> that the same is true for for, for Nemo here. So, well, you know what? I think that's a great note to end on, man. Um, I love that this whole conversation has been about that collaborative spirit of, of VGM podcasting and about getting excited about a, a breadth of things because, you know, it takes a special kind of person to get as hyped up about 
music from video games as as we do. I think it speaks to the type of person who is willing to make big of the small things in life and also pay close enough attention to really see and appreciate this thing that so many people aren't even aware of and that even probably so many gamers just take for granted. Um, and I love I love being a part of that Definitely community. too. Um, any parting words before I, I read into our last track? Yes, I, I, I feel remiss if I didn't also mention VG Jam uh, with Chris Steenerson, and um, I can't mm-hmm. remember his partner's name, but that's also one that you guys should check out. Uh, Matt. Yeah. Chris and Matt. Yep. Um, Chris actually mentioned earlier to um, tonight couple of nights ago as you and I are recording this that uh, he did some work on the next few episodes and so I think what's probably going to happen with them is they're going to release a few like back to back to back once they actually get around to it hopefully we've heard some of that by the time this launches but if not it it should be fairly soon but yeah VGDM is it is yet another unique take on video game music uh, where you know they talk about collaboration that's <laughs> that's what it's all about excellent and yeah very cool well, f- thank you for having me on. No, I'm. I think I've. I think I've uh, talked all. Uh, if I haven't used up all your show, um, <laughs> you know what? The, I'm, I, I was really. These have all gone a little bit longer, and um, th- than I expected, and I wouldn't have it any other way. That's that's kind of how, kind of how, these things go. And uh, I have found out that when I record with other people besides Shukapau, the show tends to be at least half again as long because. <laughs> We're also excited about talking about these things. And, you know, unlike 15-year-olds, uh, we have had all of this time to let the words build up and now they're ready to spell out. And so um, these are going to be a couple of long episodes. Uh, hopefully, it'll get everybody through the holiday season uh, coming back and listening. And I know there will probably be a lot of people who see uh, – I'm going to put timestamps in it and they'll see, you know, when we talk about their favorite show and they'll kind of skip to those timestamps. And so I don't really feel bad about them being a long couple of episodes because that really is what it, what it's for. It is not about getting more people listening to my whole show. I would love for people to discover something that maybe they hadn't heard before or, or seen before. But really most of what this is all about is a celebration of these great people who have – made this community what it is. And yeah, I'm playing songs for all the podcasters because of all the countless hours they have spent giving us all of this to listen to. But I also am really glad that I have been able to bring you and and Chris and Carlos and Alex and um, Forrest and uh, the other Chris and all the people that we're going to be talking to next time. And I'm glad to have you all on and celebrate you too because – the community wouldn't be what it is without any one of you guys. And so it's been an honor having you, sir. And yeah, I think that's that's all of my words for now. <laughs> well, I appreciate you inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. Well, we are going to close out with a song that Brett played on that uh, episode of the podcast that I said I like to think of as the last one. It was um, uh, a chrono-based episode. And we are going to play a song that Brett mentioned on that show is one of his favorites of all time. From Chrono Trigger by, of course, Yasunori Matsuda, released by Square for the SNES in 1995. This is Too Far Away Times. We'll see you in part two. <laughs> 